to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Amen, amen. If you got your Bibles, I'd love you, whether it be a device or a good old paperback. I'd love you to go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Not declares the government, not declares the economy, not declares your mum, although she does have plans for you. I'm well out of home, but no doubt my mum still has plans for me. For I know the plans I have you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a... Come on, join me today. A hope and a future. Future. You know, I honestly undeniably believe that God over this last season of time, 2020 and, and way before that, obviously, but I undeniably believe that God has had His hand of provision and protection upon our church and upon our people. And not just exclusively life, please don't look at it like that. But I honestly believe that we have seen just the hand of God at work in so many ways. And that does not mean that it has been not without challenge. Who knows that the hand of provision and protection of God does not mean that it's an easy journey, that everything's rosy, that everything's comfortable, that we know what tomorrow holds. No, not in the sense of what could happen tomorrow, but we do know who's with us. We do know that He never leaves. We do know that He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And there has been this undeniable reality that we have a God who is with us and a God has gone before us. And, and I just love that, you know, in the, the reality of all the questioning situations we've had, there's been the faithfulness of our Saviour. I love that even in the fire that we've faced, there's been the fruitfulness of His promises that have continued on. And, you know, in 2021, we step into it and who knows, there's still so much unknown. There's so much we can't get a grasp on, we can't control. We know very clearly that we're a little bit more educated and aware if things were to change or there were to be different dynamics that would take place. We have a little bit more awareness and understanding of what we can and can't do, etc., etc. Yet the truth of it is, is that in Jeremiah 29, we have a God who's saying, I know the plans I have for you, which says in all the things you don't know, we got a God who does know. Right, we've got a God who does know. And He doesn't just say it and He doesn't whisper it to a few, but He says, declares the Lord. He is not silent or quiet or passive about the reality that He knows. He knows and the plans are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Now people go, oh, here we go. In the midst of hardship, let's talk about prospering. Prosper, you got to prosper. I don't know about you, but what's the alternative? Some people, oh, I don't like prosperity teaching. Well, let's talk about lack teaching. Oh, I like minimalism. I like lack. I like living with nothing. I love having no more within my life context to be able to offer somebody else. I love living that, that believing that tomorrow is going to be harder than today. I love believing my best days have already gone behind me. I love believing that my children are great, but they're definitely not a blessing of the Lord. Not this morning anyway. I, I believe, what are you, what's the alternative not to believe in prosperity and a God who is for us? I don't believe in gimme, gimme, gimme. My middle name's Jimmy. If your middle name is Jimmy, bless your life. May the Lord prosper you. But no, seriously, I don't believe in a get, 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 but I do believe in an abundance of a God who is for us. He's got a plan and a purpose for us. I've got to, I've got to keep moving. But Jeremiah 29, 11, while rightfully provides a lot of comfort and continues to lift our perspective above what we feel, see, and it puts us again in the promises and the perspective of our God and what He has and what He's already declared. 
The truth of it is, is this prophetic message that was given to God's people by the prophet Jeremiah to the people of God who were living in exile under the rule and reign of King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, not their home country, was actually not the prophetic word they wanted. Because the truth of this scenario, if we go into context and, and time frames, the truth of it was is that they were not in their own land. They were captives in exile and they had actually received another prophetic word by Hananiah that they would actually be freed from the exile within two years. And I don't know about you, but that's, good, that's a good prophecy. Imagine if someone said, hey, just want to prophesy, declaring that in nine months' time, COVID will be gone, there'll be nothing left. Everyone's going, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And that's the Hananiah prophecy that they received. It was done out of good intent, but the challenge of it was, it wasn't God's Word. And God then speaks to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, what Hananiah prophesied wasn't actually true. These people will not be out of exile in two years. In fact, they'll be there 70 years. So here we have Jeremiah 29, 11, and we just pump it into our circumstance and tell us that, oh, it's all gonna be easy, but that's actually not what God was saying. He was saying, although the situation might be challenging, I've got a hope and I've got a future. I've got a plan. I'm not distant. I'm not outside of it. And you're not gonna go backwards. You're gonna go forwards. But it isn't gonna be all easy. It's not like everything's going to have no challenge. No, actually, in the midst of your challenge, I want you to expand. I want you to expand. See, we want to hear two years. When it comes to prophecies, we want to hear the two-year prophecy, that it's just going to be flick the switch and it's done, that it's over. I can hold on for two years. I can manage for two years. I can get by for two years. But 70 years? 70 years? Gosh, I can't just do this for 70 years. I can't just hold on for 70 years. I can't just get by for 70 years. See, in two years, you could say, well, what's the point in starting anything? What's the point of going forward? Well, let's just stay where we are. Yet with 70 years, what are we going to do with our life? Nothing for 70 years? And in this prophetic word, at the start of it, God actually says to them this incredible thing. He says, in verse four to seven, he says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all of those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, except if their name is Hope Clark. So that they too will have sons and daughters. Increase in number do not decrease. Do not live with a hold on perspective. Do not live with a isolation. Do not live with a I'll just get by. Do not live with a bunker down. We'll get through it. Do not live with a I'll stay indoors until all this passes. Do not live with a don't take a risk or a step of faith because don't worry, the situation will change in two years. No, no, we're going to face the reality of a fallen world while we're in a fallen world. And it's not time to bunker down and hold on. It's time to rise up, to increase, to step out and to go into all that God has called for us. Verse 7, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So it's not just about me and my and our little four-wall gathering and those who have a 
you know, call a, I guess, a congregation life or whatever other church that we could be a part of. No, no, no. It's about where has God positioned us? Because if we can believe for the city to prosper, come on, then if we can believe for the people of God to prosper, then the city prospers and there's an enlargement. It's not about how do we protect us. No, how do we project the hope of humanity, the reality of Jesus to a lost and dying world? How do we take ground in this season? And that's what I love is that God has been stirring in our spirit, Nadia and I, since sort of the start of this year, end of last year, expansion, 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 expansion. Expansion and the crazy thing was is this uh, this summer was a little bit of a different one for us. We didn't go anywhere. We normally sort of travel somewhere for a couple of weeks and just try and turn off completely. And it's been really cool. I must say, I've enjoyed being here throughout summer. We've had some great day trips, being in church every weekend, just loving the people we're gathering with, the presence of God, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's been cool. But at the end of last year, there was a moment I preached a message about run like it's done where God took me on a journey of a personal breakthrough where I had a, an Achilles injury and I could hardly run at all, but I love running and had some personal goals that kind of seemed like they fell to the wayside. But in the midst of that, I got this frustration going, God, if you've said it's done, then it's done. Then why am I still hindered by something that I can believe that the cross has already made away? And basically he just put in my spirit, run like it's done. So I embarked on a challenge and I ran for 21 days and did a lot of kilometres. And these are the shoes that I ran in. And I ran like it was done. What was amazing is that I have a wife who loves cleaning things and, and keeping everything nice. And, and I love that. I appreciate that. Uh, and I, my shoes a couple of weeks later were beautiful and white. And they were so cool. And I went to put them on and I couldn't get my feet in them. And I couldn't get my feet in them because they were potentially washed in hot water. And... and uh, my legs hurt anyway, I had blisters. So I thought, well, that's a blessing from the Lord. You know, like if I came and got shoes to run in, then I don't feel bad. But anyway, I, they went to the, I guess, the side. And I couldn't rear them and I couldn't run. And, and over summer, I, I just was thinking about it. And I felt like God said to me, Craig, what we're stepping into 2021, you can't run in what you had in 2020. What fit you in 2020 doesn't fit you anymore. And it's not because the things around us have shrunk, but it's because as a community and as a church, we've expanded. And so don't try and run the new season in the old season's apparel. You've actually got to step into something fresh. And so within the season of having a holiday and trying not to, and I had lots of time with family, lots of time reading more than I would normally read the Bible and stuff, just trying to soak it all in. It was great. Trying not to think of a message every time. Oh, that's a great revelation. Wow, that'd be an awesome message. Going, no, it's not for a message. It's not about that. Just take it for your day. Take it for your situation. Amazing how many times I read that scripture about wives, submit to your husbands. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and anyway, first day, official day back in the office, and I'm like, God, I need something from you for this year, for our church, for where we're leading into. Obviously, we are one church, four campuses currently, and uh, Pastor Paul and Marie are our senior pastors, and three campuses in New Zealand. This is the first one in Melbourne, first one in Australia believe there's many more in God's heart for what He wants to do. But at the same time, there's that responsibility to dream and have vision for where we are and what God's leading us into and the season we are and the campus that we are. And, and I never want to do it out of just like, well, let's just be told what to do in that sense. Although we are completely submitted and in alignment with the vision, impact and change our generation with the reality of Jesus. It's not a side hustle. No, it's in the main slipstream, but God has things He wants to do in through that, in here, in this season. And so... In that, I, uh, I came in early that morning. I said, God, it's time. 
been in that place of just not trying to think about what's coming, the next series, the next whatever. It's time to reveal what is it you want to show? What is it you want to say? And he gave a scripture and he gave a picture. And I want to read the scripture and then I want to show the picture. And I'm really praying that in the next 16 minutes, we're going to be able to unpack it as much as I'd like to. The scripture is this, 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10. It's the prayer of Jabez. Now Jabez was more honourable than his brother's. And his mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, enlarge my land, enlarge where I am. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. That was the scripture. And basically, in a nutshell, we'll unpack it soon. But in a nutshell, he said, come on, you can know the promises of God, but if you're not asking for them, if you're not owning them, if you're not stepping into the authority that I've given you and I've called you to, then simply you'll know it in your head, but you won't know it in your life. And God hasn't asked us to know His promises and His truth in an understanding, but not in a reality of our living. He wants us to increase and awaken our ask. And then the picture He gave me, don't put it up yet. The picture he gave me was a ship. He gave me a ship. If you want a message title, if you like that, you kind of have to write something, right? From shoes to ships, from shoes to ships. He gave me a picture of a ship. And I know right now some people are thinking, oh, as much as cruise ships kind of are the most undesirable thing uh, in regards to how this whole kind of gig kicked off. Um, the truth of it is, how nice would it be just to lie back, kick your feet up? How nice would it be to be beside the pool just waiting on somebody else's service? Yep, yep, another, another, another orange juice, please. Another, another one of those. You know, feet up, looking at entertainment, no worries, no cares. What's today got? Whatever I feel like. How nice would it be to be in a cruise ship? But I don't believe that's what the picture God gave me was for a cruise ship. The picture that God gave me was for an aircraft carrier. This Picture is the picture that I got. If we can make that, like, can we drop that screen down and if we can um, understand that's a last minute request. But he gave me this picture of an aircraft carrier, one of the largest ships that are at work in the ocean. One of the largest ships that are at work. Uh, and he gave me this picture and straight away, my heart just started to explode. Because an aircraft carrier is not someone or a ship that lives on the desire and the purpose of comfort and doing what it wants to do. No, it lives on mission under a high authority that it causes it to go out and cause radical impact, change and peace. And peace. You know, one of the key things these ships do is create peace. You kind of think, no, that just looks like it's going to tear something apart. Yes, it has the capacity to do that, but actually they send it out to say, hey, just realise what this is attached to. Just realise the force that's here. Just realise the authority and everything that's behind it. It actually provides peace. It provides peace. The incredible thing about an aircraft carrier or a naval fleet is that they can actually move wherever they want within the ocean. They're free to be sent wherever they've been told to go and they're recognised wherever they are as a sovereign territory. So even though they might be in Australian waters and maybe it's a US fleet, 
The fact is, is that where it goes, it's still a sovereign territory and can act and live as if it was in U.S. waters. Doesn't that just sound and look great, a pretty cool picture in regards to the church and in the world? That we may be in the world, but that we're not of the world, that we may be in a place that there's like, whoa, that's just not God's. But yet as the church and as we go under His name and His covering, there we actually produce light that bears and shines and, and enables there to be change and hope and love and life. And there's a sovereignty that goes where we are called and led to go. You know, the four key purposes of an aircraft carrier is carrying, arming, deploying, and recovering. Carrying, arming, deploying, and recovering. You know, I know Nadia said this, if you were part of worship online, you would have heard it, but I know she said that this is this reality that we're trying to carry everything and we're dropping everything. And I believe that in this season, God's not asking us to try and carry everything in our own ability. I believe, come on, that by His ability and by His Spirit, not by our might, not by, by His our power, but by His Spirit, He wants us to carry to a new capacity the ability to bring His sovereignty into the situations and the communities that we are in right now. I believe that we're called to carry hope to people, carry love to people, carry grace and healing like we haven't before, carry the promises and the presence of God like never before, carry fresh truth. Who knows that Melbourne and Victoria needs the truth of God's Word more now than ever before. Now, if you weren't here on the one of the last Sundays where I talked about love God, love people, I want to encourage you to listen to it because I addressed the situation that we currently have within the conversion uh, suppression bill that's trying to be pushed through that passed the lower house end of last year. And I sent out an email and said, would we do what we can to be able to contact our local government, etc., and have a conversation or let them know that while we 100% detest that anyone be forced to be converted or changed or suppressed out of the desire of their heart to live the way they want to live, whether that be physically, spiritually, mentally or emotionally, we are not a part of it. We do not believe in it. And our heart and our prayers for those who have ever experienced that, especially from a spiritual level, that they would find healing and God would meet them and provide peace in their life. Whether they choose to change or not is the question, but they need to know they have a God that loves them and is with them. We are 100% not into forcing any level of conversion. But the truth of it is, is that this bill right now has great grave consequence to the reality of every household in Victoria and every person who ventures themselves to a point of wanting to change, but maybe one day decided that this isn't the best thing for my life. Unfortunately, with the current bill, it will not allow them any support to get out of that lifestyle or to go back to where they were. But rather, if it goes through, I believe that our education system is going to be under threat to what is advocated for and pushed in our society. And I am not here against anything, but I believe we're called to stand and bring peace, stand and bring hope, stand and bring truth, stand and bring life and love. This is not out of an ante. This is about, you know what, we are for family. We are for people having the freedom of speech, freedom of choice, but no one else should then have to face injustice to try and right another injustice. Does that make sense? By this Friday, the opportunity to talk to your local council, etc., is going to expire. If you have not had a conversation yet or have not been able to send something just to express your personal views, then I can I encourage you, you need to do something. If it's of your view, I'm not gonna make you do anything. Obviously, that's not what we're about as a church, but I believe that this is a moment we need to carry 
the presence and the peace and the hope of God to our state. I, I believe that. I believe that. If we don't, and this goes through, then the honest reality is that, that in what we speak and teach and having changed nothing, we will be somewhat under criminal investigation for teaching the Bible from the pulpit as we have done the last seven and a half years here. And if your child was to come home and say, I want to change, and you said no, then you will be under investigation. For you and for every person, I don't think this is the right decision. I do not think this, but we must stop people. We must stop people being abused and mistreated in regards to their personal decisions. That must stop also. I believe that we can have a great collaborative approach to a right outcome. Do you believe that? Amen. We need to be carriers. I've got to go fast. We've got to be carriers, right? Carriers of God's presence, carriers of His purpose, carriers of people, carriers of Jesus. Come on, carriers of Jesus, carriers of the Holy Spirit. Come on, full of the Holy Spirit, carrying life and truth. We need to also, the second purpose they have is to arm, to arm, equipping people to step into all that God has. Come on, not survive, but to shine bright. Come on, arming people with vision. Our vision as a church is to impact and change our generation with the reality of Jesus. You know what I love about that? That's every age, every stage of life, every serious society. There is no limitation to where you can't be in the fullness of God and be championed in that. Come on, arming people with purpose. Too many people don't know what their purpose is. We need to be a community, a church that's arming people with purpose, arming people with God's Word, His truth, arming people with wisdom, arming them with the Holy Spirit and the power of God. The third thing they do is they deploy. Do you know that this aircraft carrier can deploy uh, fighter jets at one every 25 seconds can launch off that? Up to 50 jets can take off within under 25 or to 30 minutes. Unbelievable. You know what I believe? I believe that we're called to deploy. I believe that we're called to send people into business spaces, send people to their homes and their families, send people into the area of media and arts, into the education and the law, send people into the area of our communities, our city, nation and the nations of the world, armed and carrying the things of God. Are you with me in this? I know it's been stirring in my spirit a few days longer than yours, but man, I'm stirred for this stuff. Deploying people into marriages, deploying people into our professionals, our singles, young people and children, deploying them into the area that God has called them to be. Come on, stirring them, releasing them. Doesn't Matthew 28 say, go into all the world. Come on, we're gonna be deploying people, releasing people. I honestly see people taking off into the call of God on mission, armed and in God's fullness and advancing in ways they haven't before. I see it. The fourth thing is recovery. They're there to carry um, deploy, recover, recover. I believe that we are called more than ever to restore lives, rebuild families and reach the lost. Search and rescue, recover, recover, recover. Go into foreign areas to recover, to shine light, to bring hope. Go and to recover. I love that on an aircraft carrier, they can receive hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and not just hold them on the deck, but house them, clothe them, feed them, care for them and enable them to get to where they need to go. 
I love that they are sent out to get people to literally save thousands and take them to the right place. Take them to a place of safety where they're going to thrive. I believe that's the call of the church is to go out and draw people, come on, who are broken, who are lost, who are hurting. Life, we declare, is a haven for a hurting and a hospital for a place of healing. It's a place of transformation in people's lives, a place for the displaced, damaged believers. Come on, not just the unbelievers, but the displaced, damaged believers to refresh your God confidence in your God call. Come on, to recover your faith in the local church, to renew and to recover your passion for the things of God, to recover the call that you have and the personal commission you carry to champion and to build God's house. I 100% believe that we are not and will never be a church that has 20% doing 80% of the work. That is not our heart. That is not God's heart. No, I believe every person is gifted and equipped to be able to play their part, to see God's kingdom advance, and that that would be an area of passion and joy in our lives. Come on, if you're yet to do next steps, I encourage you to do it. Or if you're saying, you know what, I might go to Empower Weekend, take the might away and just say, I'm going to Empower Weekend. Come and be part of it. Hear the heartbeat because the Spirit is what we need to align with and the vision that is attached to it. Let me be the first to say, if you need time to rest, time to recover, time to receive, then it's here. Come, just be. As long as you need to, just come. Takes weeks, cool. Lucky you. It takes a couple of years, that's cool. That's what it needs to be able to renew and to revive and to recover so that then for the rest of your days, you can go with the fullness. Come on, live in the fullness of every day. Let's go after it. Recover. But I do want to say, if you're here and you've been in that season where you've recovered, you've had time where you've been ministered to, you've just been receiving and God's been healing and, and, and then there's a growing confidence in your spirit, then I'd like to encourage you that this next season is a time for you to rise up and to let what God's been flowing in you to start flowing through you. It's time to actually go, you know what? Well, what's on my life? Where can I be involved? Where can I expand? And I promise you that by the way of you responding, He's going to actually increase the healing in your own life as you start to allow Him to flow through your life. And it's going to be a season of expansion. Come on, partner the seed of your potential with the soil of God's house. And I believe there'll be increased fruitfulness and purpose like you haven't experienced before. Can you say amen? Amen. I really pray that this is connected heart, that this is, this is stirring in your spirit. We've got to close, but 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10. Jabez was more honourable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Sorry, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me, which means his protection, his provision and his strength. That's what the hand of God represents. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Real quick, real quick, live honourable. What are some things we can pick up from this? Four things, live honourable. Live honourable, amazing. His mum gave him the name pain, yet others gave him the name honourable. Doesn't matter what your situations try to label you. Doesn't matter what the season before tried to label you. Doesn't matter the failure that tried to label you. Doesn't matter the discouragement that tried to label you. How we live and choose to live can rearrange and renew the, the title in which we carry. I wanna come back to that in just a minute and we're gonna pray for people. 
But what is honourable, it's honest, it's fair, it's worthy of respect. It believes the truth. Believing the truth these days means conservative. That's what I think. But like it goes to today's culture, I'd say believing the truth in God's Word, is, it means conservative. Do you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm not interested in getting more progressive. It doesn't interest me. In fact, I'm just more interested in getting more of God's presence. And if I want to get more of God's presence, then I don't need to be more progressive. I just need to be more passionate for Him, more passionate for His Word, more passionate for prayer, more passionate to fast, more passionate, more passionate, more passionate. We need to be more inclusive. You can't get any more inclusive than the Gospel. You don't need to be more inclusive. We just need to be the Gospel through and through. You need to be more diverse. I believe in diversity. I thank God for the diversity that we have in our church. It's incredible. Biblical diversity creates divine health. Diversity without biblical values and principles creates perversity. Full stop. My passion is purity over perversity. Where there is private pur- where there is private purity, God moves powerfully. We don't need to try and look to be more progressive. Because more progressive without God's divine equals perverse. And where there's perverse, there's not the favour and the hand and the blessing of God in the way that He wants to. He wants to move in and through our lives. Let's pursue purity and let's receive power. Amen. Four people said amen. <laughs> amen. Come on. Live honourable. Number two, he cried out. He didn't just tag it on in the morning while he's driving. Oh, that's right. Um, God, would you bless me indeed? That you'd expand my territory. Uh, yeah, actually, if your hand could be with me, that's bigger than my hand. That'd be great. And oh, nobody likes bad stuff. So can you stop anything bad happening to me? It wasn't a tag on. He cried out. He cried out to the God of Israel. You know that Israel, before it was a nation, was a person. His name was Jacob. And because he cried out, God touched him divinely. And he went from deception and deceiver to a man of divine intervention and God's promises. And he knew that if he could change the name of Jacob, then he can change the name of, Jez- of, of Jabez. If he can change the destiny of, pain, of, of a deceiver and decide to somebody of destiny and divine, then he can change the name of pain to someone of purpose and prosperity and breakthrough. Come on, he cried out, he cried out. Nadia and I, not out of um, boasting at all, but an invitation in, in any capacity you feel, but we're fasting from tomorrow for the next 21 days. Daniel fast, why does we just feel stirred? Let's go after this. This is what God's leading. Let's go after it. Let's not hold back. Maybe you wanna do a meal at some point. Maybe you wanna do more, that's up to you. But let's have a season of crying out. He engaged the ask, as I talked before, engage the ask. When you live honourable life, you wanna unlock a new authority in your ask. If you live an honourable life, you wanna unlock a new authority in your ask. And then He reset His identity. He reset His identity. His last part is that I, that I would not have pain, that I would not have pain, that I would not have pain. He renewed His identity. You know, there's, I feel like there's, there's people here and, and you've, you've had a banner over your life that's, that's not God's banner. It's not God's banner. You had a banner that, of a name that just says, uh, you know, inadequate, doubt, insufficient. Some people have a banner, sickness. Oh, we always get sick. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, my family, they never stop. What, what banner are you putting over your family? What banner are you putting over your future? Oh, oh the, the marriages of my previous and our family, they've all seemed to fall apart. And I mean, I'm a little bit nervous of a stop. Stop. Separation is not the banner that God wants over your life. Oh, my kids. I mean, my 
their kids and then their kids, they kind of fell away and then stop, stop. Blessings to a thousand generations. Well, that definitely includes mine. What's the banner that you got over your life? I believe that this year, God wants to change people's banners. If I was to be honest with you, the banner that I feel that the enemy wants to tell me all the time is that I'm inadequate, all the time. But I will not let it be repeated from my mouth and my spirit. He might drop that into my head and try and deter my heart, but I will not let it come out of my mouth and I will not let it sit in my spirit. Do not let what God has told you who you are be denied and disqualified because what the enemy wants to try and tell you, you're not. The enemy can say what he wants, but God's Word is all authority. He's Jehovah Nissi, He's the banner over your life. And I believe this year that God wants to renew banners. He wants to renew banners. It doesn't matter what your parents said you were. Mum said he was pain because of the life he chose to live, honourable unto God. He was noted as something completely different. I believe for transformation this year in your life. I believe for transformation in our city. I believe for transformation. I believe for transformation. I believe this is a year of expansion in the Name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.